Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. We live. We're doing it. We're Welcome doing back. it. Hot breath verse. Welcome back to Hot Breath Live. This is our weekly live stream we do every Tuesday on our YouTube channel. We bring on some of the game's most influential people so you can ask you their questions. Wait, you ask them ask. your questions mm -hmm. directly. Yeah, it's that sugar. I can just Sorry, can I'm uh, I'm having sugar withdrawal and <laughs> I'm just excited about today's guest because in this Fact. show and us doing over 400 interviews with comedians primarily, we've interviewed several successful, quote, social media comedians, but haven't really gotten the people behind the person. And this mm. guy started in TV developing shows, transitioned to social media, and has literally, like, changed the game, has a big thumbprint on why we do what we do and why social media is the most really important way to build a following yeah and a fan base <laughs> to sell tickets this guy's yep. gonna tell us how he did it so we can do it hopefully yeah i'm super excited man this is this is one of those things that you're always been curious about you're like all right how, how did all that happen mm -hmm. with that and now we get to get deep and dive in i'm looking forward to this one so let's delay no longer, my friends. This guy has a roster of comedians with millions of followers. So you're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to reach out to him after this. And you're going to want to join our email list because we'll be sharing a breakdown of what we learned here afterwards. So get that linked in the description of this episode. And without further ado, please welcome to the Hot Breath Verse, the one, the only, the John Edmonds Cosma. Cosma, everyone. Cosma. Give it up for John Edmonds. Cosma. <laughs> you got me nervous here, John. You got me nervous yeah. here. Oh, yeah. what's going you on, got, man? John, you do have a name of like a UFC fighter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, <laughs> nice. To the ring. <laughs> John Edmonds Cosma <laughs> out of Brazil fighting jujitsu. <laughs> well, I had to keep the full name because I don't know. If, well, I think when I first started doing something i think the full name got out there and then i thought about it and i said if somebody's going to search me i'll probably be more found if it's a full name with edmonds in the middle because there might be several john cosma so i just went with the full name name from a, a ceo standpoint oh is it cosma cosma oh cosma. i i i researched this in an interview you did someone called you cosma and i just assumed that was right and i dang it Oh, no right. worries. Cosma. No worries. How embarrassing. Okay. Where are you from, Lord. John? Where, where are you from originally? I'm from North Carolina. Born in Asheville. Yeah. All right. Born. All the way from Asheville, North Carolina. I live, but I live in. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I live in Charleston, South Carolina now. Charleston. Okay. All the way from Charleston, South Carolina. Reintroducing Mr. John Edmund Cosma. Did I get it? Cosma. Cosma. Mr. Uh, John. We're Cosma. 0 for 2. John is not going to help us go viral now. 
he is like <laughs> i'm just looking at us he's like yeah i i think these guys are gonna screw it up once more <laughs> well let, let's just get into the juice here john so if you could just give give the hot breath of a brief background on what you have built with bang productions and what what you're doing here just to give them some context for like what we're about to get into today man well we we took a guy from the trailer from the talladega national forest uh, living on his dad's property to just for laughs and, and two years and doubled down on that blueprint. And now we're one of 30 companies in the world. It's a meta media partner. Uh, and just recently approached by TikTok to be, uh, one of the first major U S agencies for TikTok. We'll see if that finalizes, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I never knew I had intelligence. I never knew I had intelligence in tech until I started talking to people in tech um, because a lot of people in entertainment didn't really understand what I did. What is, what is, let's, let's, let's get into this blueprint, man. Let's get in here. Um, what is, uh, maybe we start with what are mistakes you're seeing most comedians make on social media? Well, they need to quit listening to everybody. <laughs> you know, is the first thing, you know, because I think comedians in a way you get a bunch of them in a room and every one of them's got a different idea on what they should do for their career. And I think you need to look within yourself and find yourself and, and find some firm footing for yourself and understand who you are and then project that to the world. You know, I think, I think you're only, you know, you're only strong, I'll say, if you come from a pure source of who you are. How do you find that out? How do you how do you discover your pure self? Well, if you're if you have ten different ideas that are being told to you in your ear or whatever, and you're a highly sensitive individual, which most comedians are. You know, it makes your thought process go so many different directions. You forget what you, you know, what's coming from the heart, you know? And I think if you got a, a narrative to put out to the world, you, it needs to come from the heart. And if, if, and if it's diluted in any way, it, you're not going to be as good as you can be. So if a comedian <laughs> is listening, oh, I, I'm tracking John. Don't you worry. Gotcha. We're with you here, buddy. Yeah. So if a comedian is listening to this and they're like, I want to make my big push on social media. I want to be like, just the comedian you're talking about is Southern mama who you took from the trailer to just for laughs in two years. So yes. if a comedian's like, I want to do that, or I at least want to get going and get momentum on social media, start building my following. Where should they start? Well, when I looked at the comedy industry, and if you think about the trajectory and what industry would tell comedians to do, they said, Hey, you need to start gigging. All right. And if you think about it, you, let's say you do, you know, five to seven shows a week and you're starting out and say 50 people come to a show, they have no idea who they're coming to see. All right. And then you start that process and let's say they, let's say you pull two or three people out of that show that can relate to your tone. People will relate to your tone based on law of attraction. So if you pull two people 
out of each show based on your tone that resonates with, with the, uh, people watching the show, think about the growth. That's why it takes people in comedy 10, 12 years to get to where they need to get to because, because in saying that, I realized that people in, in comedy were trying to appease the industry. They weren't thinking about who's paying the bills. Yo, big facts. That's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Facts right yeah. There. Like yeah. I want to throw up a fire emoji and a hundred, a fire emoji, yeah. hundred fire emoji, hundred. <laughs> yeah. Cause the industry so, forgot who's paying for sure. So like when you think about like the way you sort of your example and how you built up Southern mama, what was the thing that you saw that you were like, okay, we're going to start this differently. And this is how we're going to start it. Well, most people from a producing standpoint, when I looked at it, you know, I, I thought about focused energy, you know, how do we create focused energy? And, and then I looked at how I think Darren had about 200,000 fans when we started, uh, on Facebook. And I just looked at the response of the people, how they were responding. You know, they're saying that he was, you know, their spirit animal, these females saying spirit animal and they're, you know, they loved him and just he, his relatability was off the charts. So when I looked at that, I was like, from a producing standpoint, I didn't want to dilute his narrative. So basically all I did was, I think, I think he had 15 minutes set, you know, to start with 15 minutes of material. I said, let me just, let me just create an outline and help him with his timing structurally and, and him fill the holes with the content, because I think the more authentic you are, uh, going back to your pure source and what comes from the heart, more authentic, it's more relatable to the masses. And I think that was forgotten in comedy. Does that make yeah, so, sense? Yeah. I love that your truest authentic self is actually what's the most relatable. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, if you, if you have a narrative, it's very, very relatable. It's coming from the heart. Stay with that narrative. Don't, don't listen to anybody else, you know, stay with that narrative because it will be more relatable to the masses as you grow your career, you know, and then you can build whatever narrative you want to off of that relatability. But I think a true artist has to be contemporary to themselves, you know, based on their age, based on their environment, you know, and, and that's a big deal. I think you're, it, it keeps you as a true artist in a way. So if, if you have that understanding and that mindset, and then you understand social media and you put that out to the world, uh, you're going to have a better reaction because it's, it's going to be more relatable and, and, and the quicker you build, you'll be able to build quicker with better relatability. And, and Darren, the, the thing that Darren's trajectory was so, uh, fast is he had a 90% female fan base. And I discovered that the number one avatar was a 32 year old female that made, uh, 40 to $60,000 a year. Interesting. And that was just from your own research to get to that in terms of just looking at the, I guess. Well, when, well I knew I didn't, I knew I didn't want to like, I mean, we sold out 150 shows in a row when we started, but I, I knew that, you know, 
I didn't want to take the normal industry standard route. I said, if we can find a balance of creating content and building a pure source of, of fans, right? We had doubled down on, on his relatability and brought in a pure source of fans and then sell back to that source, right? It was a stronger deal. Um, and a lot of people in comedy may disagree with that. They're like, well, they're coming to see, you know, uh, it's not universal. It's not this, but why does it have to be universal? If I can sell tickets to a pure source, they already know who they're coming to see. The defense mechanism is already done, you know, and double down on that process. So what would you let, let's, let's say me, for example, I'm, I'm married. I have a dog. I like gardening. I like pins. I mean, I've tried to create content around all these different things. Like what, what would you looking at me and how I sh like, you look at me and you're like, wow, this guy should be more famous. Like, you know, this, this guy, this guy's got all the goods. And then what would, what would you, what would you do? How would you mold me into fame? So my wife doesn't make me get a real job. What would you do, John? All right, let's, let's figure out your micro moments of the day. Let's break down your life in real, okay. real time. So okay. when you get out of bed from say 8am to noon, what do you do this real? I meditate, I exercise, I walk with my wife every morning. We go on a walk with our dog. I write in the mornings. We'll typically shower. Um, when you meditate and exercise, you ever get interrupted by your kids? Does what anything? You know, out of those scenarios, or anything oddly that happens. Um, I don't have kids. I have a dog. Uh, so if anything odd happens, um, well, when we go on a walk, we definitely like to avoid people. Even though we live in a neighborhood, we do try to. We'll turn around sometimes if we see people. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, I notice. If I wave at people, I notice when they don't wave back. Mm -hmm. um, anything else odd? Um, I love cereal. I'm addicted okay. to sugar. Um, there you go. There's there's bits right there. I think if you break down micro moments of your life, you know how do you wrap around relatable tags to who you are? How many, you know, how many single guys out there kind of norm family, family-ish type of guy, you know, what tags and, and funny things can you create about your real life and who you are? Cause I think it, once you, once you figure that out, then you project because it's so, it's so close to you. Then you project differently, right? You know, you start getting that rhythm of understanding who you are creating a tag, creating a, a set around that. I think that's how you start and just, and go from there. So you know, it's so funny that you mentioned sort of the, like the persona and finding yourself because mm -hmm. we hear in comedy, right? Cause I'm, I'm, we, we hear this thing that it takes you like 10 years to find yourself in comedy. And what I'm hearing you say is if you can find yourself much sooner, 
you can change the game for yourself by being much more pure and much more authentic to yourself because yes. it feels like that is what's sort of happening with comedy is that authenticity is much more uh is being much more rewarded because that's what people are relating to to your point absolutely so how would you help comedians get to more authentic well i'm just you just got to look at your own life and you know like if joel shows up you know hadn't had kids yet i'm sure his parents got a lot to say about that <laughs> you know what i mean right you know like stuff like that you know because because like i said i think it's like a, a a factor right you find these micro moments of your own life and then if when you're trying to tell that story it's a stronger position it's a stronger voice you're coming to instead of you know trying to pull in elements of things you think are funny uh as a one-liner i mean i know a lot of you know when comedy started saturday night live and i interviewed alan zwabel you know comedy was about one-liners back then but i think things have changed because you know everything is an identity world so i think you have to create that identity on who you truly are and that's what people gravitate to it's just it's just like you know it's just like these uh, these networks I said you should reverse engineer how Netflix, you know, sells their shows. Like it's all right, when they market a show, it's Netflix, name of the show, then who's starring in the show. You've already lost from a standpoint of that structure, you've already lost twenty to thirty percent of your potential audience because they're not gonna pay attention by the time you get to the third of who's starring in the show, instead of saying Kevin Hart stars in this show. Here's the name of the show and here's the network because nobody really gives a shit who the network is. But if they know there's an identity up front that they like, they'll go find that identity anywhere. Does that make sense? It's an identity world. And people want to follow identities that they can relate to. Yeah, I like that. So as you sort of I, I love the way that your mind works in terms of like reverse engineering, sort of, it's almost like you're reverse engineering the game, but you're also reverse engineering what everyone has been told about comedy for the last <laughs> like couple of decades <laughs> and how to yeah. get there and how to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna lie, we're all, you know, we're all, we kind of also do the same thing in the sense of like, man, you got to get those reps in, man, you got to go gigging, you got to get on stage, you got to be funny, you got to do the 10 years sort of commitment of just grind, 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 grind. And what you're saying is find you first. It's almost like find who you are like quickly and almost find your fan base and almost like feed that fan base. Is that, Absolutely. is that a good way of describing it? Yeah. Solidify, don't, don't solidify industry, solidify yourself first, mm -hmm. then you need the reps. I'm not saying you definitely need the reps, but I think you have to, you know, solidify yourself on who you are and understand who you are and then do the reps. Your, your growth will be times 10. Yeah. I think a lot of us are like, just like almost spraying and praying. It's like people posting crowd work clips, hoping it goes viral or, Oh, let me do a skit about, 
uh, making coffee and maybe that'll go viral. Or like, I feel like a lot of us are just, we're just like posting and we're like, all right, I hope this is the one type deal. There's no real thought or strategy beyond, I have to post today because everyone else is, so maybe this is the post that makes me go viral. Yeah, I mean, like like either one of you, your girl, Yoshi, or whatever, like, what you know, are there any funny moments, you know, you're talking about? I mean, hell, you had a bit right there about trying to stay in comedy because you're yeah. your girl. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, sure. do a, do reels on that conversation. Oh, I like you, that. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They like people like the real shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I mean, I think it's so it's so funny that you're bringing this up because I was as you were asking Joel about his micro moments. I'm thinking through my own like micro moments of just like what I do, and you know, I'm a I'm a stay-at-home dad. I uh, I've got kids. I take my kids. I gotta get them dressed. I'm cleaning. I'm spending a little bit of time writing. I'm doing a little bit of work on producing shows, and then working on the comedy. I'll I'll try to make a real video. Like I'm doing all the things, and I'm like, but the thing that like I would say, are you trying to find moments within those micro moments that you would say are that's where your comedy is found or is that's where your identity is in terms of who your audience is? Well, I, I think it's both, okay. you know, it's like, what's in you, like when you're home keeping the kids, what's yeah. going through your head? I don't want to be here. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Home with the damn kids again. Shit. No. You know what I'm saying? Like do, do yeah. something on that. It, you know, I mean, cause comedians minds will tell you what you need to say. Yeah. Cause, Got cause it. a good comedian turns a thought process. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And if you're in this space already, your mind, your mind is going so fast. Just pull those thought processes out of your head. And I think a lot of comedians cut off their nose to spot their face because they're afraid to pull the shit out of their head. Mm. yeah i see that yeah yeah i'm not afraid i talk i do talk about some of this stuff on stage but as i'm looking at like even me and joel just did a show this past weekend together that was a super fun show and i'm thinking of the audience and <laughs> like that was so my audience because i completely understood everything that they were going through in terms of who they are because they were it was like a suburban crowd country rich white club people crowd. is what it was john it yeah. was a very nice country club and it was rich white people <laughs> Uh, just nice. for the context, yo, she's going to sugarcoat it. It was, it was a bunch of one percenters is who yeah. it was. And I walked in and I was like, my people. Yeah. You should start talking shit about that. Like yeah. what the hell am I doing here? For sure. For sure. You, okay. You know, and that, yeah. and you know, they're going to relate to that. You relate to it, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. That's, so, that's something that's real. Absolutely. So when you sort of, when you find yourself, mm -hmm. wh what do you think the next step is after finding yourself and sort of, you know, sort of what did you do with Southern Mama after you were like, okay, this is the demographic. This is the people that we know we want to go after. What was sort of your next steps to sort of take it next level? And what is his identity? Like, what would you pinpoint as like, oh, this is his identity. And then yeah, expand. Like, he, what? Well, he, 
you know, he's a guy that has a female tendencies, you know, he, he emulated his mother, you know, basically he, and he emulated his mother, which was a hard Southern woman, you know, but he's a dude. I mean, but that was his life. He grew up gay, suppressed and, you know, in a Alabama town and, and that was who he was. That was his experiences, you know, and I, I think that somewhat because of his suppression, I think he digested everything that was said to him as a kid because there's a lot of shit going through his head at the time and didn't know if it was right to be gay, not to be gay, you know, but you know, if you have, if you have, if you feel, if, if someone's gay or whatever, and you feel that you, you feel these female tendencies, he wasn't scared to put that out to the world. So if like, you know, if you took Joel, if you did 10 videos of a conversation, 10 reels of a conversation with your parents about why you haven't had kids yet, you know, and you put that out to the world, you, you should put that social media out there. And by law of attraction, there's a, there's a certain tone that you're putting out and people are attracted to tone. It's just like your friends that you hang out with have a very similar tone. So if you put that content out to the world and you stay in that vein of content and step and repeat, step and repeat, step and repeat, you start to bring in data on who your fan base is. Right. And, and, as that data comes in, because I'm writing a book on how to find a perfect audience, finding a perfect audience. Perfect. And you bring that, you know, you start bringing that data in. And then let's say you get a big enough number of people where you say, all right, I want, I want to look at the top 30% demographic and I'm going to cater, continue to cater to that because whatever that tone is of that top 20, 30%, then everything around it will just be exponential, if that makes sense. All right. And the, and the other thing I saw too in industry, once you establish your tone, you should have to, you need to stay in that vein and just, just that's where you got to work over and over and over and over and over and, and step and repeat. And, and one thing that I realized too, industry had a standard way of marketing acts. And people, one thing that they don't look at is tools in the toolbox. So if you take one act that has a 50% male fan base, 50% female fan base, then you have another act where it has 90% female, 10% male fan base. They use the same formula to market those acts and they may be the same level of talent. But what you have to understand about the, that data, once you understand what your tone in and tone is and who your fan base is, I know that this guy's very talented. I know this guy's very talented, but I know that this 90% female fan base person that a 25 to 34 year old female is the most reactionary and biggest buyer online. So when I put out content, I know they're going to respond quicker because of that makeup, the males dilutes that response time because they wait to buy shit. They wait to respond, you know, so you got to kind of cater, you know, your direction and, and, and based on how you want to market yourself based on the tools in the toolbox, I call, which are your demographics on who your law of attraction is that is established by the tone of your narrative.
So you, you have several comedians on your roster. Is that what you do with each of them? Is you kind of figure out their identity and their tone and then start to build like a consistent content marketing strategy around that? Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, we, we, you know, I've trimmed down a lot, you know, I'm trying to focus on Darren. I'm trying to put out red squirrel. Um, you know, we're trying to be a little more precise. I don't want to do some stuff, you know, from a human experience and, and try to teach some people some stuff. So we're kind of reeling back on the amount of people we, we work with now, but, uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's figuring that out and, and you know, and it, and for me, it's a feel thing too. Cause like once I start working with somebody, it takes me maybe 60, 90 days before I really understand them. Mm. So once you dig into this, if you don't have immediate, immediate, you understand your tone, you're getting the right data. Um, but if you don't have a, you know, that quarterly success immediately, don't worry about it. Because if you establish the foundation the right way, all you have to do is build on that foundation. Just stay with it. Because a lot of people I see too, they try it and three months they, they short themselves because they stop. It when it takes 60 to 90 days to really hit stride. Once you figure out what that vein is, just stay with it. Because the, you know, when you build the foundation the right way, you'll have success. And I say foundation, that's, that's the people that are attracted to your narrative. What are those early signs of success? Cause it is like, you'll post 10 reels and they all get 10 views each. And you're like, Oh, maybe I should try something else now. Instead of seeing it all the way through, how do you know when you're on the right track? Like I said, I think it's those real life moments. That feel. Don't try to don't overproduce. Don't re overthink it. Don't think there's a perfect, you know, there's never a perfect way to do it. It's just get it, get the content out there. Just do it. Just, Hey, you feeling it? You having a conversation with your girl and it's funny. You got some crazy shit going. You have film it, get it out there. You know, uh, you don't have to prepare for the Oscars, you know, and, 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 you know, and I realized that in, I realized that in television, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff I realized too, is with social media, the casting call is already done for you if you understand it. And if you think about Hollywood, you know, 10 people in a room are going to pick who the star is, you know, and they don't even understand the sensibilities of the star. I mean, that's an old model. So think about how many people they missed because the 10 people, they, the 10 people in the room didn't relate to that talent. Let the people decide. Let the masses decide who you are, not the 10 people in the room. Don't worry about industry. The people will tell you who, who you are and who, who your fans are. Yeah. I'm starting to see a theme here. Uh, and the theme is <laughs> F the industry. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, by the, by default, I mean, you can't, you know, you're talking 15, 20 years ago when five minutes on Johnny Carson or whatever made you a superstar. Yeah. And today, and today people are on there 10 times and can't sell three tickets, mm -hmm. you know? So to that, to the industry's default is that I'm not saying screw industry. You just got to understand 
the changes and and how do you adapt to that and i think pattern patterns of business you know if you got guys created a pattern of business and they're making money they want to stay in that same pattern of business so that in a way they have blinders on on what's changing around them for sure but now but but when you know we started with like i said i i sold i rented the venue i sold my own tickets i marketed the show i did everything myself and people told me you know like you're not supposed to do that like why not (laughs) you know i would go to the clubs i would go to the clubs and sell my own tickets and pay the club Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean and then yeah. and then Ralphie May and all a bunch of acts started copying that, you know, and I we were the first and the other thing is understanding the other thing is like you can't have a lot of like in your content, you know, I started the radio edits. I thought about the radio edits back in the back way back in the day, how it's like everybody's got ADD. Like you gotta keep their attention. So I was the one that started that whole trend and everybody jumped on the radio edits, you know hit 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 so because you got to hit them get them the first 10 seconds of perception just boom you know get it's almost like that clickbait video up front like whatever video you do find the the climax or whatever it is take that three second piece put it at the front of the video and then it's bit 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 you know because that three second piece climax will make them watch the video from front to end i mean that's that's 20 percent right there put the clickbait up front that's what you mean by radio edit is like having that like teaser or that hook at the beginning of the well the radio no the radio well the radio you got to have the teaser but the radio edits were like you know line 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 there was no transitions at all i took out all the transitions because you lose when you find content especially on social media that have transitions you lose 20, 30% of your audience just on that alone. Oh, how it's like the quick cut of like yeah. one line, the next line, the next line. There's no yeah. like almost breathing room in there. Yeah. Yes. It's almost set up punchline, tag, 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 tag. Yeah. So you hit a crescendo. Yes. To keep yeah. their attention. Cause most people yeah. have ADD, yep. you know? So you're, you're appealing to the ADD world. And just, just think if you made a lot of content that didn't have those punches quick enough, or you didn't have the, the climax up front for the clickbait, you might've had great content, but it didn't do well because you didn't have the right edit. Hmm. There's a, that's another factor. You, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be pretty. Just do it, get it out there. And, and you know, if you, if you shoot a wide net, don't overthink it. You will perfect your con the, the, the fan base will tell you how to perfect your content along the way because mm. you're going to, you're going to start to understand how these people are responding. Does that so make would sense? You, would you start with like quick short form videos and like what platform would you prioritize? Like, cause we're like, Oh, I got to post everywhere. So I end up posting nowhere type deal. I would get on, I would get on Facebook reels. Yeah. Men or, men or less right now. The big opportunity right now put the clickbait put your funniest moment at three seconds at the top then quick cuts and just start getting it out there because the facebook reels are going to give you a lot of reach even and even even youtube is is good 
you know, and then TikTok has this, TikTok came to us about this big live program. Uh, I got to see how that pans out and try to understand that. But, you know, lives are good. Go live every day. You know, I mean, just, just grind it out. I mean, you're, you're, pro, you're, pro, if you did that with social, if you put the effort into your content, like you would your live shows, your progression will be faster and you spend less, you'll spend less money traveling and shit. <laughs> what advice would you have to like overcome that fear or that self doubt or like, I mean, I've created content and then like not posted it. I've been like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I have it open on the app. And then I end up like not posting it. Like I, I, I run, I'll run into that kind of resistance as well. Like I said, you just got to do it. Who gives just, a shit? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying like, who gives a shit? Nobody. Like, it's not like, you know, yeah, nobody. Yeah. It's like, you're not you're Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Just put it out there. Like I said, the, the people will tell you what you need to do. You just gotta be real, get it out there. Don't hesitate. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, just understand a few principles and just go. I mean, does do I say, I mean, I talk, you know, I talk about this stuff and people look at me sometimes like, what the hell, you know, it's, I guess my narrative is really, really different, huh? Compared to what y'all hear in the business. You know, I don't know if it's different, but you're definitely, you're definitely talking about things that most people in the industry are not talking about. Right. Cause what you haven't said, right. Is that like focus on the five minutes, focus on the 10 minutes, focus on the 15, the 20, like build your thing. You've mentioned it, but that's what we're hearing in the industry, right? Like the industry is all about like, you got to get that comedy right. You got to get those things right. But what I'm hearing, and I think where the difference and probably why you strung a chord in the industry is that not, you know, I know we keep using the word reverse engineer, but you're changing the mold by which people are becoming successful with social and you're changing the mold by which uh artists and comedians are actually getting their names out there and i think it's so different than what people are used to but you are hitting on a on a narrative where this is the actual norm now people are getting yeah. bigger through social media than they are through the element of oh he had five minutes and then we saw him here and now he's here and now we've put him at this pedestal area and now he's, you know, opening for Jerry Seinfeld, right? Like yeah. the game itself is completely changing. And I think yeah. we're not hearing a lot of people like you talk about that game changing. Well, if you, if you understand all these factors I've been discussing, yeah. right, you'll have enough material to carve out whatever time you need. For sure. You know, yeah. you only have to, you, it's, it's, it's already there. You're just looking in the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I, if you look at the landscape, I mean, even to this day, we've been running strong for seven years and, and I'm the only guy that independently competes with, you know, live nation you know, AEG global, you know, the only promoter I, I promote on my shows, I do on my shows myself 
at a very high level. I mean, we're doing thousand to 2000 seaters this year. Uh, I'm the only guy in the business doing that, you know, um, and the only promoter I do use, you know, to help with shows is Outback Presents and Brian Dorfman, you know, um, cause we have a good relationship and he was actually Brian Dorfman was the guy who let me in the door because when we first started, I had, I had nine shows sold out in Nashville and the venue that we were at didn't want to do it. So we moved nine sold out shows to Zanies, and then that's where it all began. So we spent like, you know, 10 days at Zanies starting out, but Brian's the one that let me in the game. Yeah. He owns Zanies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think the proof is in the pudding. And I think what we did is not rocket science and people just, you know, I think people, people know who we are. They just don't want to talk about it. Everybody knows who we are. They don't want to mention, they don't want to give us accolades or anything, but if they did, if they came and said, Hey, let's figure out this together. I think you're going to find more success within the industry because it's, it's already been proven. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like me and Joel's mind are like being blown right now. We're just like, oh, <laughs> I, I mean, you're just well, like... my my brain is one direction my brain is going right now is that like I've had moments on this podcast before, and I'm sure listeners have as well, of like, oh, I'm learning about how this social media comedian built a following. It's my time now. Now I'm gonna go and do it and commit to it. And then I, I haven't. And I feel like a lot of people have done the same thing. So my brain is like, well, how, what can I do that's going to be different this time type deal? After hearing this and learning and, all right, picking up on micro moments in my life and working on posting and not caring and trying to find my identity and letting the audience that does react kind of help me steer the content in a way that'll build a bigger following. What can I do to, to actually make this stick and actually follow through, you know? Well, I think you need to, like, looking at you, Joel, like, you need to go out in the woods and do ayahuasca. <laughs> and get rid of all your fear. Get okay. rid of the fear. Your fear, the fear is the only thing that's, I like, I, I can say, look at both of you guys. Your fear is the only thing that's hindering you. Get rid of the fear. If you had no fear... You might be, both of you might be two of the biggest comedians in the country, but fear is the only limitation you have. That's all it is. Don't, there's no reason to be scared of the industry. What are you going to die scared and never do nothing? Touche. <laughs> I mean, that's takeaway. basically what it is. I see more people that are fearful of yeah. their selves. Why? Go do ayahuasca, something, do something, crack, crack that, you know, crack in, crack in. Obviously you, you know, you're, you know, you got a, a good podcast here. Both of you look, you have great personalities. You know, I think if there's anything that you can do to break through that fear, um, and you do this process that I told you on this podcast, you will be more successful. I guarantee that. Hey, honey, me and Joe going to get messed up next week. You good with that? <laughs> <laughs> we found the plug on ayahuasca. We're going to go in the woods, honey. <laughs> Breakthrough. 
I mean, could you, hell, could you imagine Joel, the, the conservative looking redheaded guy with the youth pastor, Alaska, <laughs> the youth minister, you should do a, a youth minister series <laughs> of, you know, seriously, the youth minister, that would be, Hey, I think you have a youth, youth minister tone. You should do something funny on that. Like the damn, uh. Uh, what's it called? What's his name? Here? Danny McBride or Danny McBride does those uh, the show about the preachers. Oh yeah, righteous gemstones. Yeah, I I guarantee you, like church crowd with you, Joel. You do a youth minister, you blow up the church crowd. So what um what kind of <laughs> skits could I do? Like, is it like a youth minister that gives bad advice, or a youth minister that, like tries to be cool, or that's not? I don't know. Or... Did you go to church? I do on YouTube. So that's a start. <laughs> what'd you do when you on it? What'd you do when a kid? Did you go to church as a kid? I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So once met. I once I look at you for a minute, I can tell your life. Yeah, yeah. Keep I mean, going. think think about all that kind of shit. Uh huh. You know, like the the simpleness, the simpleness on the front, but the craziness behind the, the lens. <laughs> Right. It's like the yeah, the church I went to growing up, we met in like a high school. So it wasn't like, you know, it was it was it was hit or miss church. So maybe yeah. that's the kind of youth minister I am that meets at like a school or something. I don't know. Uh I don't You know, know what I mean? I mean that yeah. shit's funny. I can you think, I definitely you, see that. Yeah. Like that's that could be you know, that's I think that's relatable to your life. It is, yeah. I just don't now. Like it's like okay, that there's a there's a youth minister tone. Now it's like what now like skits. Like now it's just like you said, not overthinking it. It's just doing a few like yeah rants or silly things. Yeah, like what you know, what kind of conversations do you and your wife have about you know about you know do you and your wife have very plain conversations and you're thinking about. You're having a plain, your voice is saying a plain conversation, but your head's saying, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> My mind's telling me no. <laughs> you don't know, honey, you know, that, that, that's very relatable stuff yeah. universally, but I could yeah. see that from him. I don't know. I don't know why. That's just what I read. Youth minister is interesting. People in the comments like Elder Joel as well. Elder Joel. I like gardening as well, so I, I was trying to do gardening content, but maybe it's church content. But what? But but how did you try to overproduce? What fear you, did you have to overproduce the gardening content? I just don't. I just haven't committed. Like I've posted like three, and then I'll be like, "Oh, it didn't go viral. Never mind." And then like I just won't post again or whatnot. Like I, that's basically. I just don't see it all the way through. Yeah. What or what uh what platforms have y'all been doing stuff on? Facebook. I've been posting to Facebook Reels and Instagram primarily. And yeah. do you do a video a day? Mm, I have been I'm lately. Definitely not doing a video a day. <laughs> I know that for sure. Do a video a day. Do a video a day. One video a day. The three seconds at the front, radio edit. Something's relatable. Get rid of the fear. 
you know, and I, and I know that's hard, tough to do is get rid of the fear, but I, you know, that's what you have to do, you know, because obviously both of you, you know, how many episodes you done here, you're doing, you know, you got 200 some 300 episodes or whatever here. Yeah. I mean, that's solid. That's solid just in itself. So there's, yeah. there's a foundation there. Yeah. We could do more to promote this show for sure. But you know, yeah. How would you market a podcast? How would you market our podcast to make us famous on here? Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have the sauce yet to really put a narrative out there for the podcast that, you know, gotcha. I've done about 98, 95 episodes of mine and it's, it's growing, it's growing. Um, I just, uh, I don't know yet on the, it's out on now. I'm trying to figure that piece out. Gotcha. When you are like thinking about, uh, the people and the talent that is like on your roster, I guess, obviously Southern mama was, you know, huge success story. What other elements are you looking for when you bring on talent? Like what, it, what's the factors that these people have or that like your talent roster has that you're like, okay, this is something that we can work with. People who are depressed as hell. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Everyone in the live stream is like, all right, got you right here, John. We're next. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a feel. It's kind of a feel about what it's kind of a feel about what I, I don't know. It's a feel, you know, I don't, okay. it's, I don't think I look at, I think I just got to see the person, right. Yeah. And just see, see a video or whatever. I mean, I, the video I saw Darren was a video of him at trade day. Um, and at the time a buddy of mine, um, who's a big producer who used to do all the shows. He's had all the number one shows on TLC back in the day. He's done, I don't know how, how many hours of television he did a development deal with the liberal redneck. And then I saw this video of Darren cause I, I was about to partner with Chris case. Who's a big showrunner in LA. And I went to people in comedy. They're like, he doesn't need a manager. He needs five years development. And I said, screw it. I said, we'll just sign him and do business. And I just, when I saw that video, I just, somebody, I just, somebody missed him. It was just, mm. you know, it was just real, you know, it was just real life stuff, you know? And I think you got to step outside of overproduced industry business thought process, just step outside and be real. I'm just telling you film, film, just do a video, do a video of you getting out of bed at, from eight to 10, do a video from 10 to 12, do a video from 12 to two of just normal shit. You know, I'm sure there's stuff you're not, both of you aren't telling me that you say that could be funny in your daily lives. You know, yeah, dude, I just finished putting together this cleaning my garage for the last like three days and the mental gymnastics that I've been doing about putting, not about cleaning this garage. I haven't cleaned it in four years. Never mm -hmm. cleaned it. And then all of a sudden this weekend, I was like, I got to get, I got to clean this garage out and just the stuff that I'm going through. And this is like dad moment. Like my kids are like, can we play? I'm like, no, 
I need to clean this garage out. Like I'm neglecting my fatherhood duties so I can clean this garage. Yeah. Yeah. You got two or three reels just out of that experience. Yeah. yeah. The links you go to, to avoid your family. Yeah. You will literally yeah. do chores to avoid yeah. your family. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When do you want to be away from your girl? When does your girl get on your nerves? Yeah. You know, I'm, they all, I mean, you know, you know, relationships are very, there's a lot in relationships, ton of stuff in relationships. Cause it's like, you want to walk out the door one minute and then you want to, you know, love them the next minute. You know, it's a love hate relationship, you know? Yeah. Dude, talk about that shit. Everybody can relate to a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do these little reels with my daughter about the stuff, you know, like I was teasing her about, she's going to have to pay rent at 18 when she turns 18. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that. You know, uh, why, you know, why do y'all kids communicate on Snapchat? You know, this is not a lifestyle. This is not real, you know, just real. <laughs> that's a real, that's a real thing, you know? Yeah. And like those videos with my daughter got like two, three million views each. We've done several of them, you know, but I, I did them just to try to bring awareness to things that were affecting kids. Yeah. You know, social media. Well, yeah. as, as we land this plane here, um, do you have any closing advice for us, John, or big takeaways for, to help us go forth and actually do instead of continuing to listen to other people's advice? <laughs> <laughs> and not yeah. stay out of the comments mm. you know stay out of the comments don't have if you build your foundation the right way you know stay out of the comments don't have any knee-jerk reactions because the other thing is emotions you know if if you took if you understood the earth and you took 10 bloodlines and put them on the earth and they all had different traits and you take emotions out of that, you can determine what those bloodlines would do. But when you add the emotion to it, that's the creativity. That's the juggernaut of the universe. So, you know, when you get emotional with, with comments or a perspective of somebody else, you know, don't, don't listen to somebody else. Listen to yourself. You know, listen to yourself, listen to your own perspective. Don't make knee jerk. Don't make a knee jerk reaction, knee jerk reaction or knee jerk decision that is an opinion about you because only you know yourself more than anybody else. Mm. Well, where could people, because I actually see Mary in the live chat just said, uh, she messaged you on LinkedIn. So like people that listen to this and found inspiration, where, where can they reach out to you? Where can they keep up with you? I know you have a podcast, like where? Yeah. I mean the unimpressed podcast, John Edmonds Cosmos unimpressed podcast. I try to talk to intellects on there. I've had, had uh, Hannah Ali, uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter. We talked about Muhammad Ali's life. Um, we had, um, uh, What's his name? Ali Loeb, who wrote the report. He's the head of uh, astronomy at Harvard. Hmm. Uh, 
you know, I like to talk to a lot of intellects. You can check me out on LinkedIn is, is the easy messaging system, uh, or just Google John Edmonds Cosma, reach out and I'll hit you back. Beautiful. Whew. All right. This is it, John. We're doing it this time. Yeah. First of all, starting with the Hiawaskas. I like that idea a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll make a road trip up there, John. We, we need the plug. Y'all come, come to Charleston. Come to Charleston. Y'all can maybe y'all can come. I'm going to be doing some shows, um, some smaller shows locally. If you want to come do some shows here in Charleston at the Wanderer, come Absolutely. on down. We'll put, we'll put you on the card. For We'd sure. love to. Yeah, let's keep in touch about that and get some dates going for sure. Yeah, because I think both of your characters, you just, like I said, I think the biggest thing is fear. Oh, I keep reiterating that. I think I, the biggest I, thing I is feel, fear. I feel like you're hitting my soul, John. You're just like, you're just fearful. <laughs> I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid you know you're weird? right. I think my ther my therapist said the same thing. <laughs> so <laughs> We'll send our copay to John. John Edmonds Cosma. <laughs> which we said right this time. Cool, man. Well, beautiful. Well, thank you for your time, John. Thank you for everyone listening. Join our email list to keep up to date on future live streams and to get extra content over there. And we will see y'all next week. Hot breath of verse. Love you. Appreciate y'all. Bye. Bye. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.